what it means to be a coffee bean, what his mom first told him when he was sentenced to 65 years in prison, and what she told him that he was not allowed to do before he went in, how he motivated himself to fight in prison, the importance of showing up for yourself regardless of circumstance, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 471 with best-selling author, keynote speaker, and college professor, Damon West. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. If you're serious about wanting to change the way that you look, change the way that you feel, and be more motivated and confident, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call. And you can request a one-on-one free strategy call with me. All we'll do is we'll hop on a call. We'll talk about what your dreams are, what your goals are, how you want to look, how you want to feel, and what's currently holding you back. And then we're going to start to develop a plan for how you can completely change your health, your fitness, and your life in the direction that you want it to. If you feel like it's the right fit, then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call. Today, you guys are going to be awestruck by the story of Damon West. Damon's a college professor, a nationally known keynote speaker, and best-selling author of The Coffee Bean, a simple lesson to create positive change, which he co-authored with a former guest of the show, John Gordon. Damon's story is one of a kind. He grew up a high school football star and then found himself being sentenced to 65 years in prison. I mean, I just can't even imagine And you have got to hear what his mom told him when he was first being put in. This story is going to inspire you, and it's just a great reminder to keep perspective in our lives. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Damon West. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast today. I am super fired up to be joined by the one and only Damon West. Damon, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending time with me today, man. Dude, Nick, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for spending your time with me, man. It's the most precious thing you have, and you're spending it with me, so thank you, brother. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, I just, like I said, so excited to be with you today. I mean, I've admired you from afar now for, for a while, and I just admire your story, admire your determination, your resilience, and basically almost mostly your consistency with your message. You've been so honed in on your message and, and delivering the message of being a coffee bean for so long now. And it, I know it's transformed so many people's perspective on the circumstances that present themselves in everybody's lives. So I'm really excited to share that with people today who have not heard that story. But I, I want to kind of give a little bit of a b- background on you. I know you grew up in Texas. And you were a big high school football player. You played quarterback, and you kind of had it all growing up in high school. And then you got recruited to play quarterback at North Texas, and you played there. And then you had a bad shoulder injury. You had a third-degree separation of your shoulder, and that kind of put you out. And when football left your life, then you turned to drugs and robbery and cocaine and ecstasy and pills. And you became a part of a group called the Uptown Burglars in Texas. And you guys went around uh, robbing people's homes and pills and things like that. And they finally caught you guys. And then you were sentenced to 65 years in prison. And so that's where I kind of want you to pick up. And then you met a guy named Mr. Jackson, which kind of brings this whole coffee bean story um, to the forefront. So I kind of want you to take over and, and share with people the story of the coffee of the coffee bean for people who have not heard it up to this point from when you met Mr. Jackson. 
man, first of all, a great recap of it, man. You've done your homework, which is impressive, man. I love coming up with people's shows that have done some background, man. It makes it for a, a more interesting conversation. We just got to cut through about what would have taken me about 15 minutes to tell <laughs> from beginning to end because I would have had to tell it first person. So I, I truly appreciate that. And to the point that you made about sticking on message, some of the best information, the best uh, advice I've ever been given was from my my best friend and co-author, John Gordon, who's also my mentor in life. John told me when we first got together in 2019 to write the book, The Coffee Bean, he said, Damon, this coffee bean message is, is powerful and strong. He said, you've been going out there sharing it for a couple of years now. And, and once the book comes out, because the book was coming out in the summer of 2019, he said, once the book comes out, the message will start getting stronger and stronger. He said, but you're not going to see results from that immediately. He said, but do not change your message. Stick with be a coffee bean. Stay with your message. He said, because what the problem is, not just with speakers, but people in general in life, is they see that it's taken too long to get to where they want to go and they get antsy and they change their message or they change what's, you know, well, maybe this isn't working. I'll change that. He said, don't do that because then you confuse people. As a speaker, he said, you know, if you change your message from be a coffee bean to something else, well, people be like, was that the coffee bean guys or this other guy, what he's doing this other thing now? He said, but if you'll do that, the message will eventually take hold. And when it does, it's going to take off like a rocket ship. Now, He's telling me this back in 2019. He even uses Starbucks as an example. He's like, Damon, it took Starbucks like 11 years to open up their second store. And now you can't throw a rock, Nick, without hitting a Starbucks, right? Yeah. But I did it. I did exactly what John said because John's been on this road before. He's already paved the road for me. And he was right. The coffee bean message took off. And, and now it's starting to catch hold more and more. That was the summer of 2019 that John Gordon gave me that information. Let's go yeah. back to summer of 2009, when I was just sentenced to life in prison by a jury in Dallas, 65 years in Texas as a life sentence. And uh, my mom has made me promise that I won't get into one of these gangs in prison, that I'll come back as the man they raised or not come back at all. Now, I have no idea how I'm going to deliver this, you know, this promise that I made to my mom. But I run into this gentleman in Dallas County Jail that I call Mr. Jackson. And Mr. Jackson was an older guy, black guy, been in prison several times. And he was the most positive guy I've ever met, man. The guy had a smile on his face everywhere he went. I mean, you couldn't knock the smile off of Jackson's face. And every morning, this man would come up to my cell, to my bunk. He'd pick me up like a ray of sunshine in that dark, dark place with his positive energy. So one morning, he comes up to my bunk, and he's got a cup of coffee in his hands and a smile on his face. And he's like, he's like, West, I've been watching you. I've been watching how you're dealing with these knuckleheads and these dummies. Talking about you got to get into a gang. He said, man, don't listen to these fools. You want to keep that promise you made to your mom and your dad, then let me tell you what prison's really going to be like. So he starts telling me, Nick, what prison's really going to be like, about the racial dynamic of prison. Now, remember, this is a black man telling me that race is the, the overlying factor in prison, that everything is about race. And that the, the world is upside down in there, that, that this is a world where blacks have the numbers and whites don't. It's opposite of the free world. And he said, because of this, you're going to have to fight your own kind first, the whites. You're going to have to fight the white gangs. Then you have to fight the black gang. But if you do all this, you'll earn the right to walk along. He tells me the truth about fighting. He says, you don't have to win all your fights, but you do have to fight all your fights. One of the biggest lessons in life I've ever learned, Nick, because it tells you that some days you're going to win and some days you're going to lose. And losing is a part of life. You have to lose to understand where you're good and where you're bad and to, begin to get better. But he sees that when he's telling me this, man, he's looking back at this guy. And I'm looking back at him like a deer in headlights, all this violence and terror I'm about to walk into. 
And that's when he says, let me break it down for you a different way. He said, I want you to imagine prison as a pot of boiling water. He said, anything we put into this pot of boiling water is going to be changed by the heat and the pressure inside this pot. He said, I'm going to put three things in this pot of boiling water that we call prison and watch how they change. A carrot, an egg, and a coffee bean. So here, Nick, is where I first heard the story of the coffee bean. The summer of 2009 in Dallas County Jail, exactly 10 years before John Gordon and I write the book that becomes a bestseller called The Coffee Bean in the summer of 2019. So he said, first things first, Wes. He said, if I put a carrot in the pot of warm water we call prison, he said, what happened to the carrot? And I'm like, well, Mr. Jackson, the carrot's going to turn soft. And he said, that's right. He said, the carrot goes in the water hard, the water of the prison. It'll turn the hard carrot soft and mushy and weak. The carrot gets beat. He gets robbed. He may get killed. You don't want to be the carrot. He said, what about the egg, West? What happened to the egg in the pot of warm water we call prison? And I was like, Mr. Jackson, the egg's going to turn hard, man, like a hard-boiled egg. He said, that's right, West. He said, the egg has a shell that protects it physically, but in, inside that shell, that soft liquid core, the egg's heart becomes hardened. He said, now, if your heart becomes hardened, you're incapable of giving or receiving love. And he said, if you're incapable of giving or receiving love, well, then you become institutionalized and you will not come back as someone your parents recognize because your eggshell will have swastikas tattooed all over it. Then he asked me, he said, what about the coffee bean, West? What happened to the coffee bean and the pot of boiling water that we call prison? And I didn't have an answer for Jackson. That one. I didn't know what happened to a coffee bean and a pot of boiling water. And that's when Mr. Jackson, a man that looked nothing like me, didn't come from the same America I came from, didn't believe the same things I believed in life. Nick, this is a this is the black Muslim man from the streets of Dallas, Texas. Man, I couldn't be more opposite than this guy if I tried. I'm a white, middle-class Catholic guy from a little bitty town called Port Arthur, Texas. But this man, so different than me, shared with me one of the most important and transformational messages I've ever received in my entire life when he told me, he said, the coffee bean in the same pot of warm water will change the pot of warm water into a pot of coffee. He said, because the coffee bean had the power inside it to change the pot of warm water. He said, the power is inside the coffee bean. He said, just like the power is inside of you. And he said, everything in life is changed by the water. The carrots are changed by the water. The eggs are changed by the water. He said, not the coffee bean. He said, the coffee bean is the only thing that can change the water because it is the change agent. He told me, he said, everybody in life puts out energy, negative or positive. He said, whatever kind of energy we put out, we attract back the law of attraction. And he's telling me, he said, you either infect the rooms that you walk into with your negative energy or you affect the room with your positive energy. And the last thing Mr. Jackson told me, the last four words the man ever said to me, he said, West, be a coffee bean. And that was it, Nick. Be a coffee bean, which became a call to action to me. And it became my mantra. And now it's become my message. Yeah. I mean, that's so good. If you guys haven't heard that before, I know that that is such something that can just ring true in all of our lives because no matter what, like you said, all of us experience the pot of boiling water. It could be super hot, could be a little bit hot, and it could be happen all the time. It could happen just at random times. But no matter what, it's really important for us to realize that that pot of boiling water is not necessarily good or bad in and of itself. It's dictated by what our perspective and actions that we take after it happens. And, and so I think it's just super important. I know that for me, that's one of the most important messages that I've ever received as well is just like, 
don't define something as good or bad, you can create the perspective you want to on the difficult situation. Yeah, because, I mean, here's the deal. You either look at your adversity, like you look at your situation, you see adversity, or you look at it and you see opportunity. And if you start looking at everything that happens to you as what is the opportunity here, or it's like my friend Ed Milet likes to say, life doesn't so much happen to you as it's happening for you. And when you change your perspective and your mindset that no matter what it is, this is happening for me, well, even your worst, darkest days can be something you learn from and build off of. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a totally a mindset shift. No doubt. No doubt. And I, like I told you beforehand, that's where I first found you on uh, Ed Milet show. I've been listening to Ed for, for years now. And, and that was one of the, I mean, one of the best interviews I know that he's ever done. I know that you feel the same way. That was just a, just a money combination. But one of the things I want to ask you next is, you know, when you were in prison, did you have hope that if you had good behavior in prison that you were going to get out early? Was there a hope of that? Or did you have any idea as to whether or not you were going to be able to get out early if you did have good behavior? Absolutely. Absolutely had hope. Did I think it was a possibility? No. I mean, outside chance. Yeah. I mean, we, my, my family and I, we planned for it. We, we put in, we put in the work to, for it to be a possibility. And when I say put in the work, you know, put in the work the entire time I've been in prison, follow the rules, do everything I'm supposed to take every class, become the best version of me. Like no matter where I am, I have to look for all the opportunities. I was doing all that. I put together this parole packet and a parole packet is basically everything you've ever done. It's your best pitch. It's like your 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 pitch deck to give to the parole officer that's going to vote on you. And so I, we put together this great parole packet. And do we have hope? Yeah, we have hope. And I'm going to tell you why that's so important, why it's such a good question, because hope is a necessity in life. Hope is the most important thing you can have. And when you lose hope, you live in a world where it's dark. In prison, hope is a thing that is in shortest supply. I tell people all the time that in my life, I'm a smuggler of hope, meaning that you know people want to smuggle a lot of things into, into prisons. They want to smuggle cell phones. They want to smuggle dope, weapons, whatever. I smuggle hope. I get to go into prisons all over America and bring hope to the hopeless. Hope is so important. Have you ever seen the movie Shawshank? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, okay. So Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. So the movie is narrated by Red, Morgan Freeman's character, and it's talking about Andy, Andy Dufresne, the character played by Tim Robbins. And I ask people the question all the time, the same question I'm about to ask you, no right or wrong answer. But when you saw the movie Shawshank, did you think it was a story about Andy or did you think it was a story about Red? Probably. I mean, I think on the outside, you think it's about probably think it's about Andy. Yeah. That's, and that's yeah. what a lot of people say. And that's yeah, okay. But it was about Red. Yeah. The reason why I think it's about Red. Now, when I saw the movie for the first time, the only time I saw it was in the, the 90s when it came out. But the next time I saw it was after I got out of prison. Mm. And my dad, when I first got out of prison, my dad wanted to watch all these prison movies with me. He's like, Damon, watch all these prison movies with me. Tell me who got it right. So we're watching Cool Hand Luke. We're watching them all, right? But Shawshank comes on. And uh, and I'm watching this movie, and my perspective shifted. That, And then I thought the story was – I thought Shawshank was Red's story. And it's Red narrating the story, and he's talking about this guy named Andy Dufresne come in. The reason why I think it's Red's story, Nick, is because Red, Red's dead. Red has lost hope. And mm. in fact, remember when Brooks made parole 
and he got out and he lasted a couple of weeks and he hung himself, right? The guy had been in prison for 50 years. He yeah. couldn't make it on the outside and he hangs himself. He writes a letter to the guys on the inside. Red turns to Andy. He says, Red, I don't know. He says, like, Andy, I don't know if I can make it out there. I'm an institutional man, Andy. He even tells Andy those words, man. Hope is a dangerous thing. Imagine living in a world where you feel like hope is a dangerous thing. Hope's the thing that can pull you out of anything, but you think that's dangerous. But what did Andy say to Red? Get busy living or get busy dying. Mm-hmm. And um, and that changed Red's life. It saved Red's life. I think it's a story about Red is telling the story about this guy named Andy Dufresne that saved his life. And if someone ever saved your life, you would tell a story about him too. Andy became the face of hope. And I had the face of hope around me in prison. My, my, my parents, man, they came to visit me over 150 times while I was in prison, man. They wow. never let go of me. Yeah, I mean, it's like no one has that many visits in prison. I mean, Nick, if you had five visitors over five years, you're one of the richest men in prison. Man, I had a visit almost every weekend. These people never let go of me. I had hope waiting for me out there all the time. And that's a big difference. That's a big difference in life. Look, man, my story is something that is not just my story. It's it's a culmination of so many people's efforts to help me get where I am. I didn't do this alone, man. What happened in my life was a spiritual thing. It was a spiritual awakening. And I feel like in some ways that that God picked this, picked me to do this because he's like, hey, you know, and, and not to get too philosophical, too religious on you, but like I told Ed in that podcast, I mean, I don't think God sets bushes on fire anymore. I think he sets people on fire. And that's mm-hmm. how the proof that his existence is real. And that's that's what I'm living in right now. I'm living this this life that this isn't really my life. This isn't about me. This is a bigger story than what's going on about me. I mean, how does a guy get out of prison his first time on parole, on parole for the next 58 years till 2073, but knocks down all these opportunities, all these doors open up, all these amazing things happen, but it's about living a life of service and about being, you know, being a servant leader, being there for other people, showing up, showing people hope, showing the way. And the life that you see me living out here is the same life that I was living in prison. It's the same life that parole saw when they met with me back in March of 2015. That's what, eight years ago now. Yeah. I think the, there were so many, so many good, important things there, but I think one of the biggest takeaways that I'm taking away is like your parents being there for you so consistently providing you with hope. It's, both a message for us to seek out other people who can provide us with hope and just don't be in solidarity for too long. If you're in solidarity for too long, you're going to convince yourself of a lot of different things. And then also be that source of hope for other people. Be willing to show up for other people. Be willing to extend a hand out to other people because you never know when somebody might need that hope to keep going. Because like you said, like most people are not going to get that source of hope from other people in, in prison or in a lot of situations in life. And if you don't have hope that can very much influence your decision-making, which can very much dictate the outcome of your life. Um, One of the things I love that you say is that Mr. Jackson told you in particular was that you don't have to win all your fights, but you got to fight all your fights. And so when you're getting ready to go on these fights, like you said, I think I've heard you say you won like maybe 75% of them or how do you motivate yourself to go into a dog fight like that when you know you're just going to get, your ass kicked or your ass handed to you because there's a lot of people are, are in that. They don't step into situations because they know they're going to get their butt handed to them. And so how do we motivate ourselves to still fight the fight? Hey, y'all, I just wanted to take a second to tell you about 
something I'm super excited about, and that is a healthy ice cream. You know, it's if you're anything like me, then you probably have a little bit of a sweet tooth. And if you're anything like me, after dinner, you just want a little bit of something before going to bed. And for me, I've always struggled with what that should look like, and I've gone in and out of having healthier options and unhealthy options, and sometimes apples and Lara bars. But one of the things that I just recently discovered that I'm super excited about is Guardian Angel Desserts, and their ice cream is off the charts, y'all. I'm so excited about this. I was pretty skeptical of it in the beginning, but I'm super excited. Let me tell you about it. The reason you need to know about this dessert isn't because it's only ridiculously delicious, but it's actually healthy for you, your immune system. Guardian Angel Dessert Company took inspiration from regular good old ice cream and made a masterpiece that is blowing people's minds really for two reasons. One, the taste and the health benefits. They've literally removed all the normal toxic ingredients in ice cream and replaced them with healthy superfoods. I know it almost doesn't sound real, but I promise you their product is revolutionary for the dessert industry. It's keto, it's low carb, gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, which I had to, I had to sign off on before doing this partnership. And it's loaded with powerhouse ingredients like bone broth protein, probiotics, multi-collagen, MCT oil, and even vitamin C. Get this, they literally even used the splendid superfood spirulina to get the green coloring. Diabetics have been able to eat an entire pint of this product without seeing an increase in their glycemic index. This product is so new and in such high demand that they just opened online sales for a limited time only. So while supplies last, you can buy as many pints as you want online and have them shipped to your home or go to www.gadesserts.com and find the closest location to you. They all have a specific number of pints that they're offering for online sales, so I really suggest that you get your hands on as many as you can, especially for such a novel product that improves your health and wellness. And if you want to get 10% off, then Georgia Desserts, Guardian Angel Desserts, their ice cream, they're offering 10% off to all of you guys for being a part of the Best You community. So make sure you go to their website and type in Best You for the coupon code to get 10% off your order. Again, use the coupon code Best You at www.gadesserts.com to get 10% off of your order today. I'm super excited personally to have discovered this and I'm super excited for you as well. For now, let's get back to the show. So the way I motivated myself to fight those fights, I mean, the way I motivate myself to fight any fight still is the same basic concept that this is going to hurt for a little while. It's going to hurt for a little while, man. This is, there's no getting around. It's either going to hurt for a little while now or for a long while later, because what hurts more than an ass whipping that you're about to get physically in the moment is looking at yourself in the mirror and knowing that you didn't show up knowing that you just gave up, you didn't even fight. And that breaks you down, man. That changes your whole perspective about who you are in life. And it affects every decision you make from then on out. But if you decide to go out there, you decide to fight, you decide to get down. And even though you know you're going to physically lose, you win that fight. Because like Jackson said, you don't have to win all your fights. You You just have to fight your fights. And that's not just for everybody else to see, because that's what he's talking about. He's telling me, you don't have to win those fights in prison because he's saying that no one cares about your wins and losses in there. They just want to see if you're going to defend yourself, if you're going to stand up for yourself. Because if you'll do that, then eventually people will stop messing with you. But it's also for you. It's also for you to see that, hey, you know, Matt, that no matter what the obstacle is in front of me, I'm going to give it my best. You know what? And I may not win, but I'm going to try. And eventually, if I keep trying, I'm going to have a breakthrough at some point. 
But if I don't try, I'll always be stuck behind this obstacle that's in front of me. But if I keep chipping away at it, there's a chance I can get through it. And, you know, that served me so well in life and, it, and other people that have that mindset. It'll serve you well in life because you're going to stumble and fall. You're going to fail. In fact, Nick, I fail more than I, than I achieve. I'll, I'll share with you this. Ed Milet, to get on his show, I hounded Ed for over a year and sending messages on Instagram. That's the only way I could communicate with this guy. Every now and then he responded to my messages. And then, I, you know, I, John Gordon here, friends. And I was like, John, man, would you talk to Ed? I want to get on Ed's show. And he talks to Ed and, you know, Ed doesn't bite. Dabble Sweeney. Dabble Sweeney and Ed are friends now because Ed's daughter goes to Clemson. Dabble, will you talk to Ed for me? And Dabble is my buddy, man. Dabble talks to Ed for me. Doesn't happen. I just keep chipping away, though. And I keep sending Ed messages and little videos. And, man, May 12th of last year, May 12th of 2022, I get a message on Instagram. It says a message from Ed Milet. So he hits me back up in message. says, all right, Damon West, May 18th, 4.30 p.m., Sirius XM Studios in Hollywood. There's your window of opportunity. Dude, I chipped away at this guy for almost a year. And, and I, I was eventually successful. And you heard the episode with Ed and how it was a life-changing deal for a lot of people, including myself. It changed because it launched me into a different world. But I fell more than I succeed with that strategy I took with Ed. I reach out to people all the time that either do not get back to me or get back to me and tell me no. And you know what? That's okay. 80% of the time, people don't even respond back to me. But 20% of the time, they do. And now that the conversation started, I don't care about the failures I have in life. I learned something about that, but I also learned about myself is that I'm going to show up every single day, brother. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. I appreciate you sharing that with everybody because so many people will only do a certain task or something that's challenging if they know there's going to be a positive outcome from it. But we can't only do something difficult if we think we're going to get a positive outcome for it. Like you said, we have to do something difficult sheerly for the fact that we're showing up for ourselves. And so one of the, I'm a fitness trainer and I coach people with their health and fitness goals. And one of the things that I tell them is like, we can't control the outcome, but you can control following through with the promises that you make to yourself. So make a promise to yourself, follow through with it, not because you know that it's going to get you the end result, but because you want to be that person of integrity who says they're going to do something and then does it. I mean, I love that story. And then, you know, the same topic or the same um, lesson can be learned from the story of you a couple of years after prison when you were working for a law firm, but you really had this dream to share your story to college football teams and you had the ability to get a press pass from one of your friends to the like college football coaches awards and you went up to all these college football coaches and you're like, man, I could go come inspire your team and you're giving them your giving them your elevator pitch and then you had talked to all the coaches besides one and you were like, oh, I should probably just go. It's not gonna do anything with this last coach. But then you kind of found it within you to just do that one more to to go up to, to Dabo Sweeney and talk with him and then it wasn't until maybe four months later that he hit you back up. And I think it's just so powerful, the message of do the difficult thing, regardless of whether or not the outcome is achieved, but just because you're showing up for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, and that's, that's it. Show up for yourself. Do this before, for yourself before you do it for anybody else, because you're the one that you're going to be around yourself more than you're going to be around anybody else in life. You have to spend 24 hours a day with yourself except for the time when you're sleeping. But you got to do it for yourself first. And, and you made a, a really good point a while ago and you were, when you were talking about getting outside of yourself to be the best version of you, something like that you said to that effect. And that's so true because when we get stuck inside of ourselves, we, we get so lost in, this, in this, 
this mindset, it's almost like a seemingly hopeless world. It only seems hopeless because it's not really hopeless, but you get stuck inside yourself. Man, the best way to do that, get outside of yourself. Man, you're, if you're having a down day, find someone else to help out in their problems. Because when you when you throw yourself into other people's lives and their problems and you're helping other people, you can't get stuck in your own. And a lot of times we find out when we help other people out with what they're struggling with, we find out that our problems aren't really problems at all. They're just inconveniences. You know, somebody told me in AA, and I'm, I'm really big into AA because, I, you know, that's my 12-step program recovery that I work with the rest of my life. But they said one day in the meeting, man, if we could all throw our problems onto a pile and then we could walk up to that pile and we could pick up someone else's problems, there's a very good chance we'd walk up to that pile and pick back our own problems and throw them over our shoulders. When you see what other people are dealing with in life, you'll be grateful for the problems that you have. Because a lot of times our problems aren't really just problems. We have this amazing thing in life called perspective. And this perspective tells us what really is a good day and what's a bad day. And we know what a bad day looks like because we've all endured a bad day. A bad day is is, is, is a very, very bad. Bad days are days like someone dies, you know, a relationship fails, a marriage fails, a job is lost, a, a career is over. These are bad days, man. These are defining fork in the road. Most of the time, these days that we call we call having bad days, they're not those. But we lose sight of the perspective, and our mind tells us, "Oh, this is terrible." No, we have to be able to step back and say, "Hey, is it one of those? Did someone die? Did I lose a job? Did I lose a relationship?" And if it's not one of those days, then this is an inconvenient day. It's like traffic. Some days you sit in traffic and you're like, "Man, you're so angry, you're irate because the traffic is bothering you." Then other days you're sitting in traffic and you're not bothered at all. Is it the traffic or is it you? It's always you. It's your mindset. It's the way you see things in front of you. So we we have to be able to apply perspective to know what a bad day really looks like because we've all earned this in life. Use what you've earned. Yeah. I think that's such an important point that you brought up is when you go, you know, I obviously we want to live a life of service and, and help other people solve their problems because, you know, when you solve other people's problems, it provides you with a lot of meaning. But also, like you said, I, I never necessarily thought about it that way. When you figure out what other people problems are, you get perspective because you're like, oh man, they're really going through something. <laughs> what I'm going through really isn't even anything. And I think that is such a bit, such a powerful thing to realize. And that's just another reason why we want to make sure we help other people solve their problems, not just to actually help them and, uh, and, and provide us with some meaning, but to provide us with just general perspective as well. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And look, all pain is relative. If you say it's the worst pain in the world, it's the worst pain in the world, but not all pain is equal. Yeah. All pain is relative, but not all pain is equal. Some yeah. are worse than others. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, I want to make sure I get you out of here on time. Before I ask the last question here, Damon, I just want to acknowledge you, man. I, like I said, from the beginning, you know, I think I'm glad that you ran with me acknowledging you for the consistency with your message because I, as an entrepreneur as well, we can get shiny object syndrome sometimes where we want to kind of change our message and we want to go this and then try this and do that and then try that. And and being so consistent with the message that is so, so powerful is something that's very difficult to do, but it's so powerful for other people for it to really hammer home into their brain. And I know it's going to just continue to impact thousands and thousands of more lives. So I want to acknowledge you for that, acknowledge you for the transformation that you've made in your own life of, of gaining perspective and, and being able to show up for yourself regardless 
of circumstance. So really want to acknowledge you for that. And I know everybody after hearing today, if you have not read The Coffee Bean, make sure you go grab it. You can read it in 15 minutes. I think I read it in 15 minutes the other day. My girlfriend read it in 15 minutes the other day. My parents read it before I interviewed you. I was like, y'all got to read this thing. It's awesome. Um, and so I know everybody's going to want to go grab The Coffee Bean. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at DamonWest7. Um, but Damon, the last question is in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, I believe that it's a constant journey. I don't think that we actually ever get to that best version, but I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Damon West that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Yeah, and it's it's something I have I work on every single day, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Uh, spiritually, I have to always make sure that I get in the right frame of mind right away with meditation and prayer in the mornings, and ask God, "Hey, man, God, put in front of me what you need me to do today for you, and let me recognize it when I see it." That's going to get me in a focus of being a service towards other people. Mentally, working on myself, feeding myself the right stuff. You are what you eat. It's not just about food. It's everything you feed this brain of yours up here. And you're going to look like and act like on the outside, what you feed it on the inside. So we have to feed ourselves the right stuff. And, and physically, we've got to take care of our bodies. You get one body in this life, Nick, and that body carries your soul. That's why it's so important to take care of you. You don't have anything else to carry your soul around this earth. So we've got to take care of those bodies that we've got in life. That means we have to get enough rest, eat the right foods, get a little exercise in every day. It just takes a daily commitment to these three things to become the best version of you. And, and you either find an excuse you find a way to work on these these three things every day. And I want to also say, Nick, I got a book coming out February 1st, one month away with John Gordon. It's the last book in the Coffee Bean series. It's called How to Be a Coffee Bean, the 111 Principles of Being a Coffee Bean. It is going to be phenomenal, and it comes out in one month, man. So looking forward to uh, that book coming out, and thanks for letting me come on your podcast and talk about that, too. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, last thing, I just want you to repeat the first the question that you ask yourself from the spiritual perspective every morning because I think it's so powerful. Uh, yeah, I, I ask, it's a prayer. The, the prayer that I say every morning, I ask God for two things. And this is really the only time I ask for anything from God. I say, hey, God, put in front of me what you need me to do today for you. And let me recognize that when I see it because I don't want to miss that. Amen. That's it. That's all I need. Boom. Great stuff. Well, that's all we got today, Damon. Really appreciate it, man. All right, man. I appreciate you, Nick. Thanks for your time, brother. What an awesome episode with Damon. Y'all, I'm just going to say it. Damon's a freaking badass. This guy was resilient enough for seven years in prison to not get in any gangs, to not get any tattoos, and just to choose to be a coffee bean to choose to work on himself, to choose to let prison happen for him and not to him. And now seven years after that, he stayed consistent enough with his message for his book and his speaking business for them both to absolutely take off. Let that be a lesson for all of us to be patient, to not seek results too quickly, to not show up expecting a result, but to show up just for the sake of showing up, to follow through with the promises that you make to yourself for the sake of following through. Because if you do that consistently enough, that's what leads to success. And before finishing today, remember that if you're serious about wanting more motivation and confidence and to change your body and you want to stay on track with your health and fitness amidst the chaos of your life, 
then go to nickcarrier.com slash free call and we can discuss how to make that happen. Again, nickcarrier.com slash free call. But lastly, remember, like Damon said, seek hope and be a smuggler of hope because hope can do wondrous things and we all need it. So stay resilient, stay consistent, show up for yourself and be a smuggler of hope because that's what will continue to get you closer and closer to your best you.